Well, I'm going to admit to you that I was tired when I got here this morning. But I'll tell you what, I'm jacked up now. That was awesome. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place. Well, the most important part of your life is something only you know about. The most important part of you, the single most vital, life-defining characteristic of your life is something that no one else in your life can possibly know. Not your spouse, not your closest friends, uh, not your pastor. Only you know the most important part of you. What is this mysterious part that I speak of? Well, it's your inner life. In 2 Corinthians 4.16, Paul says, I do not lose heart, though the outer self is wasting away, the inner self is being renewed day by day. You see, there's an outer self and an inner self, and it's this inner self or inner life that I want us to consider this morning. If you have a copy of God's Word, I would invite you to open it with me to Psalm 1. Right in the middle of your Bible, you will find uh, the book of Psalms, and we are going to be in Psalm 1. And this is a fitting place to go as we think about our inner life, because in a very real sense... What we have here in the book of Psalms is a collection of journal writings of David and a few others. And really, David is just going to be pouring out his heart, really giving us glimpses of his inner life throughout the book of Psalms. And here in Psalm 1, we're going to find an amazing text that is going to talk to us about the importance of guarding our hearts and rooting our lives in the truth. Here's why this message is really important for us today. I think all of us would acknowledge what 2 Corinthians 4 says, that the outer self is wasting away. Like, maybe some of you young people aren't there yet, but it doesn't take long to be like, yeah, fact, verified. Like, the outer self is wasting away. Yet, even though we all kind of tend to know this, if we're honest, we also work really, really hard to preserve, protect, and make it look like the outer self is just doing absolutely awesome. We prop up the outer life at all costs. We work super hard to show others that we have our lives together. Fake it till you make it. We see this in our American culture. Like every single episode of Dateline starts off with an awesome family living in a really awesome home and a beautiful Instagram account, hashtag blessed, but then ends with like murder, chaos, and confusion. Some of you are like, well, Rusty, you're being a little dramatic. And yes, that is probably extreme case scenario there. But can I tell you, I think there are a whole lot of fake happy homes today. Thinking that homes, cars, success, the perfect kids, and all of these things will make life what it needs to be. American culture is not alone in this. I think our church culture participates pretty hard. If you've got a church background, you know how to walk, talk, act, and look like somebody who is growing in Christ. And you have that hashtag blessed on your life, on your Instagram as well. I read a story the other day of a pastor who went into a coffee shop and was there just drinking a cup of coffee and he saw somebody walk in and order their drink and go and sit down and they carefully got out their Bible and their moleskin journal and laid it there beautifully, took a picture, and then proceeded to sit there on their phone for about 30 minutes until it was time to go and they put their phone in their pocket and gathered up their belongings and left. 
Is there a better microcosm of the American church than that today? Making sure we look awesome, make, making sure that we keep up appearances, keep our social looking good, but all the while we are void of the power and presence of God. Oh, but church, if we could just quit pretending today, many of us are barely surviving. Like, if you could just be honest today, your inner life is a mess, and nobody knows it but you, and that in and of itself is exhausting, and you might be wondering this morning if Jesus even cares for you, like, how could he care for you with you being you, and what you know about the shape of your inner life, but here's what I want to tell you today, friends, Jesus really does love you. And he really cares about your inner life. God's word is going to call us today to be careful about what and who shapes our lives inside and out. And he stands ready to root us in his truth in such a way that it changes us from the inside out. So with all of this said, let's go to Psalm 1. We're going to read this short song in its entirety, and then we'll pray and ask for the Lord's help as we study his word together. A familiar passage to many of you. In fact, I've taught on this at least once, maybe twice, and you still don't get it, so we're coming back for more. <laughs> maybe I'm the one who doesn't get it. That's fine. If you didn't remember that we've taught this, that's there we go. So, but I know some of you write the date in your Bible, so I know some of you are going to be like, this dude's already repeating sermons. He's only been here four years. Uh, again, we need it. Here's what the word of God says. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Let's pray. Lord, by your word today, by your Holy Spirit imparting the truth of your word to us, would we be more rooted in you God help us today to see your truth in a way that we can grab hold of it and apply it and walk it out today thank you for your word may we know the privilege and the precious gift that is the abiding word of God today it's in your name we pray amen well it's been interesting this last week to see your emails and your social media posts and uh, conversations that I've had with many of you about this series Rooted and what it has made you think of as you uh, many people in here have like gardening backgrounds and arborists you know tree life kind of things going on and you've talked to me about the connections that the Lord has made in your heart and mind as you've thought about what it means to be rooted metaphors and illustrations that Again, I think God has given you as you've thought about what it means to be rooted. In fact, uh, I told one person on social media, stop stealing my sermon ideas, okay? Uh, everyone who's been like, hey, I had this really cool thought. I'm like, we're getting to that in a couple weeks, all right? Slow down. Uh, but while I'm thankful for that, I wanted to come to Psalm 1 today for this reason. We'll be going back to Colossians 2 next week. 
But, but as it made many of you think about different illustrations and metaphors in your head, for the original audience hearing this word rooted, especially those who were Jewish and who had a religious background in Colossae, they immediately would have been transferred back not to gardening metaphors and things like that, but they would have thought of Psalm 1 and perhaps Jeremiah 17, which we'll reference here in a little while. So I thought it was appropriate for us to go back to what they would have thought of when they heard this phrase. This psalm is begging the essential questions, who are you listening to and what and who shapes your life? These are really important questions for us to consider this morning. I've shared this stat before, but research indicates that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. But y'all, here's the weird reality of 2022. In a digital age, many of you spend significant time with your favorite cable news personality. Many of you spend significant time with your favorite podcast host or with your favorite actor who's actually just portraying a character on television. The fact is we are greatly shaped by what we consume and who and what we interact with in ways that are either going to root us in truth or root us in error. So in a generation that is rooted to our phones, that is rooted to our televisions and media consumption, that is rooted to always having some sort of input, right? Like the worst is when you forget your phone and have to just stand there in the aisle at the grocery store waiting to be checked out, right? It's terrible. Or what do you do at stoplights? I know you're not supposed to be on your phone in the car. Whatever, right? Some of these lights take forever. I'm the guy you honk at, okay? <laughs> but man, we have to have an input all the time. Oh, the worst thing that happens for me, I was on a walk yesterday, and my Bluetooth, first world problems, my Bluetooth AirPod things quit working. I had to walk in silence. Hello, darkness. My, it was bad. I went to some dark places because I didn't have something to distract me. We live in a culture of constant input. And into that culture, Psalm 1 is going to call us to, to be careful about what we are putting into our hearts and our minds. Here's the big truth today. The blessed life is a life rooted in truth. And a life rooted in truth is a life rooted in God's word. So let me say that again. If you're taking notes, this is maybe something to write down. The blessed life is a life rooted in truth, and a life rooted in truth is a life rooted in God's word. So verse 1 is going to start with the danger of listening to the wrong voices. Notice the progression that we see happening in this text. Uh, first, we have somebody who's just simply walking by in the counsel of the wicked. The man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. So the first person is just kind of walking by, seeing what the world is saying. But before long in the text, this person is standing in the place of sinners. And before long, what does the text say? Look at it right there in your Bible. He's sitting in the seat of scoffers, the bitter cynics that are just lambasting anything and everything around them. That's our culture today, by the way. So do you see this cycle happening? Like at first, you're just kind of walking by and you notice something. And then before long, you're just kind of stopping and staring. 
And then you're just sitting down and wallowing in it. This is the danger of listening to the wrong voices. And yes, let me just say this, friends. It's a willful decision to listen to the wrong voices. Yet at the same time, can we acknowledge that it also just kind of happens? Like before you know it, you are wallowing around sitting in the seat of scoffers. So what are these voices that we're listening to? I want to think about it this morning on two levels. First, we have outside voices. These are the voices that are outside of your life. These inputs that I talked about a moment ago that we let shape and influence us. These influences promise blessing. These outside voices promise blessing, but ultimately they end up bringing curses into your life. They say blessed is the life that is found in this or or that, but at the end of the day, it's not the blessed life. They lead us away from God and his blessing. I'm just thinking about the obvious things. Like I said earlier, the things that we take in with our eyes and our ears and our minds. Things like entertainment. And I'm just so tired. I really, by the end of the day, I just need to kind of veg out and watch something that's just passive that I can just enjoy. But I want you to understand today, friends, there's no such thing as passive entertainment. You're being shaped by what you watch and what you listen to. So listen, binge-watching shows that are full of language, sex, and violence is not just harmless entertainment. I know I'm not making any friends in this room right now. I recognize that. But I love you too much to not say anything. People watch movies and television that are all about pursuing personal fulfillment through sex. And then you wonder why you're dissatisfied in your marriage. People watch shows that are all about climbing the ladder and getting power and success at whatever is the cost. And you wonder why you're so disappointed with your career. Guys, I was a young adult's pastor when I was a young adult. It was a kind of a weird season, but that's the way it worked. And I had a bunch of college students. And I've got to tell you, I had the hardest time convincing them that Friends and How I Met Your Mother were fake TV shows. Here's why I say this. They were all so lonely. I just don't have any friends. Our church just doesn't have young people. And you know what they were saying? I should live right across the hall from my best friends. There should be about 10 of us that do everything together in the same age bracket, doing the same types of things that love the same stuff. And that's what my life should look like. And I don't have that. So I feel lonely and depressed and anxious because everybody else in the world has this but me. And I was just like, that's not real life. That's not real life. And can I just tell you that if all of your friends are your age, you're going to be stupid. (laughs) God has designed this thing to work where we mix with people who are younger than us and older than us. Listen, if all of your friends are old people, you're going to be stuck in your ways and never willing to move and progress at all either. That's as dangerous too. Oh, yeah, y'all laughed really hard at the first one. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. Stupid young people. (laughs) Not a big fan of the foolish stick in the mud one, though. (laughs) 
God has designed us to live in community, older and younger together. This is the church. But because of what they saw on TV, they were shaped by what they watched. For, for many of you today, cable news is shaping your life in, in just unfathomable ways. I, I really believe that cable, the cable news desk today, you know, both sides of the political aisle, I think is what the seat of scoffers that Psalm 1 refers to is actually is. Yet so many of us take our seat across the desk, remote in hand, and for hours take in media that's designed to shape and formulate our worldview. Church, we need to be careful about the voices that we let into our lives, the content we consume, whether it be television, podcast, even social media, books. Do you remember those, these book things? In a world of chaos and confusion, don't let your life be shaped by outside influences. But here's the thing. Some of you are just out on this, and you're upset at me already. Uh, that's the Holy Spirit, not Pastor Rusty, okay? But, but let me move on, because I think there's something that's even more insidious that I think is dangerous for us. Yes, we have all of the outside voices, but can I tell you, friends, we also have to contend with the inside voices, I want you to hear this next statement because I think it's important for us to understand this. No one talks to you as much as you. No one talks to you as much as you. Now, granted, I have toddlers and they give me a run for my money. But nonetheless, no one talks to you as much as you. So in a world of noise and a world of distraction and negative influences, it would have been easy for me to preach this message and say, yeah, all those people, the scoffers, the sinners, the mockers, you're listening to all those people. But can I tell you, apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, I am them. I'm the scoffer, I'm the sinner, and I'm the one who is talking myself down into a spiral of anxiety, depression, and bitterness. You may want to write this reference down and check it out later, but in Jeremiah 17, there's really a parallel passage to what we're studying in Psalm 1. And the prophet Jeremiah is talking about rooting your life in truth so that you can produce a harvest in whatever situation you find yourself in. But then he makes this wild note in verse 9. You ready for this? Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things. Who can understand it? How's that for a memory verse? Put that on your Facebook and see how many likes you get this afternoon. This is so countercultural. We live in a world that encourages us to listen to our hearts. Let that inner voice guide you. Whatever you feel is right, don't let anybody else sway you from that. Now listen to me, friends. I know that you're all on my side now, but can I tell you, had I started the message speaking these terms in a positive light, most of you would have said, yes, pastor. Why? Because this is what the culture teaches us. And we've even Christianized this, right? We've Christianized the way we feel. Can I just tell you, praise God that you are not left to the inner captain of your ship's life, right? <laughs> right? Like, like, thank God that we are not left to your inner voice because here's what the Bible says. It is going to lead you to destruction, your heart is deceitful. 
If our only God was our deceitful hearts, we would be in a bad way. Your inner voice will wreck your life, but there is real truth worth rooting your life in today. Verse 2 says, but his delight, some of you are panicking because we're just now in verse 2. Don't worry about it. We're going to make it our way through here. Verse 2 says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Oh, church, this is so important. Let me say this. Everyone look up here. Some of y'all needed that. It tells you something. Some of you have determined that I'm the wrong voice, so you're trying not to listen to me. I appreciate that immediate application of this message. The most influential voice in your life should be the voice of God. The most influential voice in your life should be the voice of God. Now, I know, don't, don't bail on me yet, because some of you are like, man, like, yes, I would love that, Pastor. Like, I, I want to be influenced by God's voice, but how do I hear it? How do I know God's voice? I've been trying and listen, we live in a world that is flooded with all kinds of weird theology. Like you're walking around trying to find an emotional feeling. Like you're playing all these secular songs that have a couple Jesus lyrics in it, trying to feel something so that you can say, I hear God. You're listening to weird garbage, quote unquote, Christian podcasts that are trying to pump you up with self-help talk in the name of Jesus, all in a desperate attempt to hear his voice. But friends, I want to tell you with absolute certainty today that God has spoken and he still speaks through his perfect and abiding word. Do you want to hear God's voice in your life and be influenced by it? Open your Bibles. Do you want to hear the audible voice of God? Read your Bible out loud. We have a God who speaks. So many people, I'm just really trying to hear from the Lord. And you're not reading your Bible. What are we doing? But the rooted life is a life that is planted in God's word. So we said last week that this rooted life means knowing and growing in Jesus. And we said that we need to spend time in the word. Today, I'm just kind of doubling down on that. As we say that the rooted life is a life planted in God's word. Verse 2 says, the blessed person delights in the law of the Lord. The Bible is their delight. So much so that this person meditates on it day and night. You, you read in the Psalms and you see that this is reality, guys. Like David was crazy about the law of the Lord. Like when he's in the battlefield, he's thinking about the law of the Lord. When he has sinned, he's thinking about the law of the Lord. When he's in the midst of family drama, he's thinking about the law of the Lord. When he's just in his bed, the Bible says on his couch, laying around, he's thinking about the word of God. So let me just ask you this question. Are you consumed with God and his word? And brothers and sisters, I just want to say to you, if you identify as a disciple of Jesus and do not love his word, you might not actually be a disciple of Jesus. And some of you are out on the word of God because it doesn't agree with the social issues that your political party affiliates with. Or some of you are out on the word of God at the parts you don't like 
whether it be social issues of any kind, or whether it just be your life situation. Can I tell you the number one time that I see young adults leaving the faith? It's because all the hypocrites in the church know it's because they want to move in with their boyfriend or girlfriend. Just real talk. I've seen it time and time and time again. I'm getting too real for y'all. It's all right. It's when we want to compromise on the word of God then we decide that we don't really know if we believe it anymore because I want something else. And you know my inner voice is saying that it should be okay. Friends, it's a dangerous way to live. Do you meditate on God's word day and night? So here's how you know if you love the word. Verses three and four show us the result of not only being rooted in God's word, but also the result of not being rooted. So let's read these verses again. Verses three, it says, he, so the the person rooted in the word, is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. So, So the person who is grounded in God's word is getting their strength and their power from the stream of living water. And when life comes at us, when storms come, when the winds blow, its leaf doesn't wither. It continues to bear fruit. But now look at the danger of not being rooted in God's word in verse 4. The wicked are not so, but are like the chaff that the wind drives away. When threshing the wheat, the farmer would take their tool and toss the wheat up into the air, and the breeze would carry away the junk, the chaff, the weeds. They'd be blown away by the wind. Friends, are you being blown around by the winds of our culture today? Are you being tossed to and fro by every election cycle? Are you riding the waves of the cultural storm in which we live? If you are, can I just tell you, good luck. I mean, 10 years ago, you could have been absolutely popular with the culture, with a set of beliefs that today would make you a bigot in the eyes of that same culture. Don't believe me? Just ask our current president. Like, by the standards of his own party 10 years ago, he would have been a bigot. But now he has a whole different set of views. I'm not just trying to throw shade at President Biden. He's part of a long list of politicians who you know I have a pretty big dislike for, but the Lord's trying to work me through that. He's part of a long list of people who have radically and dramatically changed their views in the last 10 years. If you're going to try to be rooted in the world... Hear me when I say this, y'all. Moving target. It's a constantly moving target. If you listen to the voices outside of you and inside of you, your life is going to be a mess. But today, friends, there's a better way. The Lord is inviting us to stop listening to all the voices all over the place. And listen, we're going to, in a couple weeks, we're going to talk about the voices in the world, but then we're going to talk about the dangerous voices even in the religious world. Today, the Lord's inviting us to stop listening to all these voices and instead root our life in His Word. Friends, don't just read it out of religious obligation. That doesn't really help you. But love the Lord and love His Word by delighting in His Word. Like meditate on it, think on it, apply it, live it every single day. And when that happens, I believe that you will see your life grow and develop in ways that you never imagined. 
you plant your life firmly in the Lord, you're going to find the streams of water nourishing your soul, the inner person in such a way that it even changes the outer life in ways that you never imagined. Being rooted in God's word, friends, it actually changes you from the inside out. Now, that's the kind of change that lasts. We like to just throw a coat of paint on it and keep going, right? But that inside-out change is the change that really makes a difference. So I've had the privilege of knowing multiple arborists. <laughs> You're welcome. That's a flex is what the kids call that. I don't know how to tell you this, but I know a lot of arborists. I'm talking like literal tree experts. They have been to classes. They have multiple certifications. Hours and hours and hours of classes and time spent learning from the experts and professors in tree health. And what they will tell you is this, that evaluating tree health is incredibly difficult. Yeah, sometimes there are some obvious signs of damage. Sometimes an unhealthy tree is going to start developing problems on the outside. You know, leaves fall when they're not supposed to, and things are, things are happening on the outside, and those are things that happen. But the dangerous trees are the ones that look perfectly healthy. All indications are everything is great. It's a great, healthy tree until the storm comes along. With a little wind and just the right conditions, it comes crashing down, oftentimes causing catastrophic damage as it falls. See, friends, trees rot from the inside. A shallow root system is exposed after the fall. So, so I want you to recognize with me today, this is a difficult sermon but I said this earlier, and I want to say it again. We know how to look like a healthy Christian. But only you know today if you are truly planted by the stream of living water. Only you know if you are truly delighting in God and his voice by delighting in the word of God. But I started this message off by saying only you know the most important part of your life. And friends, I want to tell you, I stand by that statement but if I may edit it just a bit to say this, you are the only human who knows the most important part of your life. Because look with me at verses five and six. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Brothers and sisters, listen to me. God knows the state of your heart today. You might can fake out everybody else in your life and even yourself a little bit, but at the end of the day, God knows the shape of your life. He knows the condition of your tree. If you're rooted in anything other than him, no matter how good your life looks today, how put together you may be, he knows. So the call today is to quit faking it. Like, can I just tell you, you are already exposed before the Lord, and that is a good thing. By his grace today, he says, I know you. He looks at you in the exact shape you're in today, and he loves you and is giving you the opportunity to change your life. He loves you enough that you were here for this message before the catastrophic fall. 
but I, but I don't know your life. Perhaps some of you feel like you've already been through the catastrophic fall. But can I tell you that he loves you enough that he stands ready to pick you up and firmly plant your life beside the stream of living water so that you can begin to be strengthened, restored, and become the man or woman God wants you to be. But it starts with just coming back to him and opening his word and letting your roots sink down deep. Friends, the good news today is that God absolutely delights in you. And he invites us to delight in him by delighting in his word so that we can grow our roots down deep and live a life that has impact far beyond ourselves. You're growing a tree today that you may not see a lot of results, but can I tell you, as the old saying goes, we're planting trees upon which we will not sit under their shade, but there are future generations that will. Moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, are you delighting in the word and modeling that for your kids? Are you teaching your kids to delight in the word? Our lives will change if we took seriously the call to be a disciple. Do you know what disciples do? They delight in the word of God. May we be true disciples today. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth that it brings us. God, we are humbled as we think about what it means to know you. And God, that, that you have found every single one of us just in the shape that we're in. Some of us after the fall, some of us before the fall, Lord, with inner lives that are an absolute wreck, yet you love us enough that you still come after us. Oh God, we're so thankful for you, for your love. Thankful for your word that speaks clearly to us. God, in a world of voices that are loud and chaotic, would you just give us the grace we need to be able to submit ourselves to you and your word? regardless of what the culture says, regardless of what the voices inside our heads say, would we be a people rooted in your truth? There is truth. We can live in the midst of the chaos and the crazy because we find ourselves rooted in you. Oh God, convince us of that today. I pray for brothers and sisters in here who maybe have wrestled with that, who have been wooed by the world and are not standing and rooted in your truth anymore. Oh God, by your spirit, because that's what it takes, by your Holy Spirit, would you enlighten their hearts so that they would come back to your truth. God, for those who, who know this and believe this, yet Lord, if, if they're honest today, they haven't really been digging in the word of God. I pray you'd bring them back to this call to get into the word until the word gets in us. And God, I pray for a third group that I think is equally important. There's some people who maybe are very disciplined about reading the Bible, but it's become religious ritual and it's not something they delight in. Oh God, would you cause us to once again delight in your word? May we meditate upon it day and night and let you mold and shape us into individuals, family, and the church you want us to be.